0: just start by, we'll look at the verse of scripture we began with last week, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and I want to look at this in the Amplified, just take just a few minutes here and review to kind of get everybody on the same page here. First John chapter 5, verse 14 in the Amplified, it says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and he hears us. Simple question. What is the will of the Lord? It's his word. So we established last week That if we want to see answers to our prayer, we need to find a promise that covers our case. And no matter what you are believing God for, there's something in the Word that will cover that. And you can stand upon the Word of God. And when you find Scripture that you can pray, then you can pray with boldness and assurance. And the Lord gave me this little thing about the word ask. A stands for assurance. S stands for surety. Surety is literally this, a state of being comfortable uh, confident, something that secures. We have confidence in the Word of God because we are in relationship with the covenant-keeping God. Amen? Amen? He is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, we can believe it. If he told us in his Word that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed, then guess what? healing belongs to us. Amen. Amen. If he said that we can have the peace of God that passeth all understanding, we can claim even in times where there's tribulation and turbulence all around, we can say, I've got the peace of God. The world didn't give me this peace and the world can't take this peace away. Amen? Amen. We have something that is secure, surety, and it is the word of the living God. And then the letter K stands for knowing. We must know that we know that we know that the Bible is true. We must know that we know that we know that he hears us when we pray in accordance with the law, in accordance with the word of the living God. We can't be, wavering when we come before the Father God. Wavering is like an unstable man. And it talks about in the book of James that an unstable man, he's not going to receive anything from God. But the only way that we can have assurance, surety, and knowing is if we get this word not off of the pages down here in our heart. Amen. Through meditation. So when we have that confidence, when we find the word of God, then what is the result? Well, the result is found in verse 15. And if we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge. There it is that knowing that we have granted us as our present possessions, the request that we made of him. The Lord gave me another little phrase that we shared last week. Say the word. Speak the answer and pray the promise. Everybody say that with me. Say the word. word. Speak Speak the answer and pray the promise and you will get those petitions granted unto you that you desired of him. Aren't you thankful that God is not the withholder? Prayer is not trying to talk God in the notion of doing something. Prayer is responding to the provision that he has already provided. We don't have to beg. We don't have to whine. We don't have to bawl and squall. We just come boldly into the presence of God. And we say, Lord, this is what you said in your word. I'm reminding you of your word. And we pray and we thank him for it. Amen. So tonight, that's just a real quick summary. But tonight we're going to move on to another aspect that is involved. If we want to receive answers to our prayers, how many of you want to pray and know that you know, that you know that he hears you. And then you also want to enjoy the fruit of answered prayer. Me too. Amen. Prayer's not just a shot in the dark. Prayer is not hoping. Prayer is not wishing. Prayer is not, well, if God is in a good mood, maybe he'll answer. No, we need to be assured. We need to be confident. Hallelujah. So tonight we want to look at another key element when we pray and and get results. And this is found over in Philippians chapter four, verse six, pastor Mark, Quoted this this morning. He also, he's done an excellent teaching on Thanksgiving. Pastor Tom taught a few weeks ago on praise. So if you want to get some in-depth teaching on Thanksgiving and praise, again, go back to our podcast and listen to these wonderful messages. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I'm just going to look at most of my scriptures tonight, either in the New King James or the Amplified. This one's the New King James. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. And this is the phrase that we're going to look at tonight with what does it say? With worry, with concern, with maybe, with hoping. No, it says with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Why or how can we offer prayer to him and they be, then be thankful and then get happy about it? Well, the answer is we can be thankful because we know... We know that we know that we know that he hears and he answers our prayer. We know the minute that we present our petition to him, that God is watching over that prayer. God is watching over his word to bring it to pass in our life. So once we have laid out this petition in faith and presented it to him, then we need to step over into praise and Thanksgiving. And begin to say, Lord, I'm glad it's mine. I have it now. I thank you, Lord, that I have that financial breakthrough. Lord, I'm calling every one of my relatives born again. I'm standing on the word that you are not willing that any should perish. I'm believing for household salvation. So then we switch over into a mode of being happy, of being grateful, of being thankful. See, people that know how to pray, they are not worriers. They are not fretters. Uh, This first part over here, even in this same chapter, it talks about casting, casting of our care over on him. Actually, that's 1 Peter 5, 7. We cast our care over upon the Lord. So when we pray, we don't leave that place Worried. We don't leave that place full of anxiety. We enter into praise knowing that it is done in Jesus name. Now it doesn't mean that it's going to, we're going to see the result instantly, but we will see the desired end result if we hold fast. The confession of our faith. And we look to him, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we keep our eyes fixed up on him. And we refuse to be moved by the circumstances. Anybody ever believe God for something? Maybe you were praying for a relative. And I mean the next day, they acted like they were demon possessed. They acted worse (laughs) than they had ever acted and your mind and your emotion goes ah they're not getting any closer to god they're getting worse they're getting further from god but you know what that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. And we just look at that situation and go, ha ha ha. Devil, you are defeated. My faith is working. The word of God is working in this situation. I'm not moved by what I see in the natural, but I'm only moved by what I believe, what I possess on the inside of me. And I know that you're working, you're working, you're working. Hallelujah. That's how we do it. Amen. See, God, he wants us to pray. And when we pray, he does want us to experience answer prayer. Yes. He tells us over in John chapter 16, verse 24, again, in the Amplified. This is his desire for our prayer life. This is what he wants you to have and enjoy. Up to this time, you have asked not You have not asked a single thing in my name as presenting all that I am, but now ask, keep on asking and you will receive so that what your joy, your gladness, your delight may be full and complete. There are so many Christians that they aren't asking God for anything. They're not believing God for a thing. All they're doing are are their cry babies. They're whiny babies. All they're doing is complaining about what they don't have or they're upset about how things are happening in their life. But they're not asking God. They're not presenting their case to Him. They're not finding a scripture in the Word of God that covers their case. And so, you know, people that don't ask, don't receive. And if you're not receiving anything in your life, guess what? You're going to be sad. You're going to be depressed. You're going to be upset. You're probably even going to be angry that other people are getting blessed. And other people are getting answers to prayer. Well, God never does anything for me. I know. I always knew it. He likes him better than me. He just doesn't ever do anything in my life. Have you asked him lately? Have you God in the word of God, are you believing him to perform mighty things in your life? He said, we are to ask and receive. Everybody say ask Ask. and receive. receive. Then my joy, then say that. Then my joy will be full and complete. Now I know during this season of prayer, there's been lots of requests that have been laid out. We had on that one Friday night, the prayer of agreement and many people had situations in their life and we agreed with them. But how many of you are in a season of standing? Right now, you're in a season of standing. Well, you know what? There is a posture that we are to take while we are standing, while we are believing. And it's not sad. Sorry, low, depressed, one day up, one day down, the next day just completely level to the ground. Oh, dear God, dear God, I thought you were with me. Dear God, you've forsaken me. I don't feel you. It doesn't look like anything's changing. No, when we are in faith and believing and expecting, guess what we're supposed to be? One happy People. One happy people because we know we're just one little step away from God completely turning that situation Amen. around. Yeah. God is the God of the breakthroughs. God is the God of the turnaround. And we look at something that looks like it's so huge, and it can never change, and it's going to take. Oh man, we got. Ooh, we got to travail over this. Whoa, we got to push. We got to pull. I mean, this is a huge mountain. It's just not moving. And you know what? One second, and that thing can be dissolved. Just like that our God is an awesome God. Our God is the most high God. Did you know that nothing is too difficult for our God? He's not, he's not limited like we are limited. And he's not, he's not withholding anything In our lives, it's not God that is withholding. There is opposition and that opposition is here on the earth. That opposition is in the heavenlies. You remember in the book of Daniel how he cried out for deliverance. And once the angels showed up, Michael showed up and he said, the Lord heard you the first day that you prayed, but it took him 21 days to get through the forces of darkness. Now folks, we have authority. And We don't magnify the devil, but God is not the one that is withholding. It is the devil. So we have to take authority over him and we have to stand our ground. We have to resist his lies, but we don't get it all magnified in our mind that, oh, the devil is so big and the devil, this, the devil, that he is defeated. He is a defeated foe and we are called to enforce his defeat. But you know why we're one happy people? Because we know that the devil is defeated and we know that God is the almighty God. We know that God is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the the world. I have a question for you. Do you know your God? Listen to this scripture. Psalms 145 verse 15 in the Amplified. This is how we're to act when we're in that time of standing. Happy and blessed are the people who are in such a case. Yes, happy, blessed, fortunate, prosperous to be envied. Are the people whose God is the Lord. You know God. People in the world should envy us. We are blessed. Did you know that you are fortunate? that you know God. We are prosperous. We should be envied by those that don't know God. There's trouble out there in the world. People out there in the world, they don't deal with less situations than we do. They probably deal with more and they have to try to figure it out in their reasoning and try to work things out in the natural. But folks, we are blessed We are fortunate. Why? Because God is our Lord. When you know him, you know that you can trust him. If you know him, you know that he's watching over his word to perform it in your life. Do you know that you know? Are you fully persuaded? fully persuaded that he loves you. See, that's where some people miss it too. They find it difficult to believe that God loves them enough to answer their prayer. That God loves them enough to do something good in their lives. Every one of you sitting in this auditorium, you are a favorite of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you are washed in the blood of the Lamb, you are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You are royalty. You are a... You are are exalted up with him. Kings and priests, he hath made us to be. You are valuable and you are precious. And his ears are open unto your prayers. You have the ear of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. When we are confident in who he is, in confident and believe that his word is what it says it is, when we know that we know that He loves us, glory be to God, then that's why we can offer prayer with praise and thanksgiving because we know how it's going to turn out. He's worthy. To be praised. It makes me want to praise Him right now. Let's lift our hands and just praise Him. Oh, we praise You. We thank You, Lord, that we are called by Your name. We thank You for so great a salvation. Oh, we thank You for the wondrous covenant that we have entered into. We thank You, Lord, that You promised to meet all of our needs. Oh, Lord, we bless You that You took those stripes upon your back for our healing. Lord we are so grateful that those crown of thorns on your head it was for us for our peace of mind. Oh what a covenant. Oh what a plan. Oh hallelujah. What mighty provision. Glory be to God. We're grateful. We're thankful. We need to praise him. In this season of prayer, and oftentimes when we learn how to pray, we focus in, and we should. We have all these petitions. We have all these requests. And we got like 25 things over here that we're believing God for. And sometimes that's all we're doing. We're believing God. We're believing God. We're believing God. But don't get off balanced in that time of believing God. We need to be praising him as much as we are praying. Years ago, this lady that was believing God, she had, I think it was TB, and she was praying and praying and believing God for her healing. And the Lord gave her a vision. It was like one of these old-fashioned scales. And one scale said prayer, and it was heavy. It was way down here. The other one said praise, and it was way up here, real light. And the Spirit of God said to her, when your praise equals your prayer, you're going to see the manifestation of what you're believing for. So for the next few days, she didn't pray anymore about her healing. She'd been praying, been confessing the word. She'd started praising God and thanking him that he is the healer. She started just worshiping him for who he is several days. And then she saw this vision again where the prayer and the praise scale were equal. And she was instantly healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise is important. The Bible says, if we don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. I don't want any rock taking my place. And I don't care if your name is Rocky. You're not going to praise him for me. I'm going to praise the Lord with everything that is within me. How about you? Hallelujah. Now I want to get into here. I know we, that's, got a little side journeys there. But years ago, pastor found this and he doesn't remember where he found it, but it's so good. It's a little acrostic on the word praise. So I want you to write down the letter P. P stands for pushes back the enemy. When you praise it pushes back the enemy. The scripture for that is Psalms chapter eight, verse one and two. I'll probably just read a lot of these passages. I want you to get this in your spirit though. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the Avenger. When you praise God, guess what? It pushes the enemy back and it silences his lies. The devil is an egomaniac and he wants you to praise him. He, you know, you're saying, well, I'm not going to praise the devil. I'm not going to worship the devil. But you know what? When you talk about everything that he's doing, when you magnify the problem, when you discuss all that he is doing more than you are praising God, you really are praising him. You're making him bigger than God. But when you just, you know, you resist him and then you just start magnifying God. Oh God, you are so good. Oh God, you are my deliverer. Oh God, you You are the source of, of my peace. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. As you begin to do that and magnify God, guess what? It's not, it silences the avenger. It silences the devil because he won't stay around when you're praising God because he's the one that wants to get magnified, but magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Lord, we magnify you. We exalt you. We lift your name on you are great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Glory be to God. Listen to this verse. Psalms nine verse one through three. I will praise you. O Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wondrous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Listen to this. What happens when we do that? When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Praise stills the enemy. Praise causes the enemy To perish at the presence of God. If He's hanging around and He's trying to harass you, I tell you what you do. You just magnify God. You glorify God. You get your praise on. You put on some good worship music. You start dancing around your bedroom. You start leaping for joy. And you know what's gonna happen? The glory of the Lord is gonna fill your room. of the Lord is going to change the atmosphere in your house and when the glory of the Lord shows up the devil perishes at the presence of the Lord Hallelujah. oh we need to be praising him Hallelujah. we need to be magnifying him Amen. now the letter R stands for releases God's power When we praise him, God's power is released that destroys the yokes and removes the burdens. You remember the account. It's found in Acts chapter 16 of Paul and Silas in jail. And the Bible tells us over in verse 25 of Acts 16. But at midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. What were Paul and Silas doing at their midnight hour? Were they crying? Were they in strife? Was Paul saying to Silas? Now, Silas, let's be truthful here. What's that unhidden sin in your life? What's that unconfessed sin? Brother, you must have done something for us to get in this awful mess. And they start bickering and blaming each other that they were there in this jail. Is that what they did? Did they start saying, oh God, you have forsaken us. Oh God, what's going on? We were believing Why 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 oh why is this happening to me? Has anybody ever had one of those prayer meetings? Wow! <laughs> That's not really a prayer meeting, but have you ever had a fit of carnality? Have you ever had a pity party and you were the only one there? Yeah. Poor old me. Nobody likes me. I'm going to go out and eat worms. Nobody likes me. Nobody cares for me. God's even forsaken me. Is that what Paul and Silas were doing? No. At the midnight hour. And that is significant. Have you ever faced a midnight hour? Midnight, I've been told, is like the darkest time of the night. Midnight. Midnight. So it's symbolic that it is a dark time in our lives. But what are we supposed to do when it seems like all hell is breaking loose and we're in this dark season? We are to do what they did. They prayed and they sang hymns to God. It wasn't a silent prayer and it wasn't a silent praise in their heart. Some people say, well, you know, I got a silent praise in my heart. I'm just a silent worshiper. I, I beg to differ. If you really love God and on the inside of you, you just are overwhelmed with his goodness, then something's going to come out of your mouth. You may not be as wild as I am you may not ha, ha, ha and run up and down the aisles, but you ought to at least smile. You ought to at least raise one hand. Woo. You ought to get to do something to it. If, if there's something going on on the inside, it's going to show up on the outside. So I think it's significant here that it said the prisoners heard them. They were praising God so that they heard them And what was the result? Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, oh, I like those immediately, don't you? And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Hallelujah. Praise releases the (coughs) power, excuse me, the power of God and to such a degree that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. I got a revelation on this a while back when I was preaching on stirred or shaken, that when praise is released, the foundation of those things that have held you bound, the very foundation, the very root of those strongholds of the devil will be shaken. And when we release praise to that degree, not only are We set free, but the people around us, your family, people that you know, immediately the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. There is no shortage of power when we pray and when we praise. There is so much power that is released in the realm of the spirit that we are set free, that the yoke is destroyed not only off of our life, but those that are connected to us. Don't be ashamed to praise the Lord. Don't be ashamed to pray and to praise. Hallelujah. Because it releases God's power on the scene. A. We're not going very fast here, but this is good stuff. It's still early. A. Gives access to the presence of God access to the presence of God Psalms 22 verse 3 but thou art holy O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel when we praise the Lord his presence manifest. Praise gives us access to the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to take time to read it, but write down Psalms 100, verse 1 through 5. It's excellent about how we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his holy name. Hallelujah. When we come together in corporate praise and corporate worship, guess what? The atmosphere in this place is charged with the presence of the Lord. Praise and worship gives us access to the presence of Almighty God. Then I praise increases our capacity to receive from the Lord. Praise increases our capacity to receive from the Lord. You remember the account of the 10 lepers that Jesus healed. This is found over in Luke chapter 11. And Jesus, you know, he was going along the way and there were 10 lepers that showed up and he healed them all. But in Luke 11, verse 15, out of the 10 that were healed, let's see what happened here. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, everybody say one, one One out of 10, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, he fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse um, 17. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this one? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. In the King James it says made you Ho, I increases your capacity to receive from God. When you praise the Lord, like this one leper, he went back and he praised God. Jesus had healed all 10 of them. But I submit to you, when he said to this one, you know, because you've given me praise, you are whole. That. It increased his capacity. Not only was the leprosy gone, but the very effects, the very evidence that he ever had leprosy disappeared because leprosy, it might eat away at a finger or a hand or a toe. And so these guys that were healed, the leprosy was gone, but they probably still had a toe missing or a finger missing. But the one who praised God, it increased his capacity and he received even more. Hallelujah. And complete came completely whole. Shalom, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, come Completely fulfilled, completely restored. Hallelujah. It is a good thing to praise God. When we praise God, he doesn't get any bigger. He's always the same. But you know what happens when you begin to praise God? He gets bigger in your thinking. Right. He gets bigger in your heart. Yes. I'm telling you, there's people in here tonight. You need to take the limits off of God. He's not a little itty-ditty God and a great big devil. No, some of you are spending way too much time magnifying the devil, talking about how bad everything is in the world, talking about how horrible the economy is and this and that. Stop talking the problem and start magnifying the answer. Oh, magnify the Lord. And when you magnify the Lord, he just starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the inside of you and you begin to stretch in your spirit and you begin to take the limits off of him. And the more that you magnify him and exalt him on high, woo, the easier it is for you to say, Oh, that's not a problem with my God. That's not too big for him. God is so big. Do you know that God is bigger to me today than He was last year? He didn't change, but I have changed. I have increased my capacity through praising and worshiping and exalting Him. I have increased my capacity to believe Him because He's gotten bigger in my life, in my perspective. It increases our capacity to receive from him. S, so I like this one. S, sustains you in tough times. Anybody ever face some tough times? Well, you know, I like this scripture over in Habakkuk. And it might take you a while to find it. They'll put it up on the screen. But in Habakkuk, we have an account, Habakkuk 3, verse 17, of a man... Who was going through a difficult time. Right above this passage there. Verse 17. In my Bible it says a hymn of faith. I never had seen that before. A hymn of faith. This is what Habakkuk says here. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Everybody say, Yet I will rejoice. Will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength he will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills. Hallelujah. In the spirit-filled Bible, it has this little note about this passage. I've put my glasses on. It's real teeny here, but it says here that this word joy there means to joy, to rejoice, to be glad, to be joyful. It contains a suggesting of dancing for joy or leaping for joy. The verb Originally meant to spin around with intense motion. Now I love this part. This lays to rest the notion that the biblical concept of joy is only a quiet inner sense of well being. That's not what's happening here. This guy has got some serious problems there's nothing in the fields. The flocks aren't flocking. They don't like each other and they're not having babies. That's not a good thing. There's no oil at coming out of the olives. I mean, it's a horrible situation. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong in this guy's life. Yet he said, I'm going to rejoice. And I'm not going to just sit here and have a quiet inner praise in my heart. He said, I'm going to leap for joy. I'm going to spin around. I'm going to dance. I'm gonna shout, I'm gonna rejoice, not because, not because it's happening to me, but in the midst of it. Why? Because I know the outcome. Because I know my God is greater. Listen to this. Although everything is wrong in Habakkuk's external world, he is leaping for joy over his fellowship with Yahweh. Woo, hallelujah. What is he doing? He's praising God in spite of what's going on because he knows his Redeemer. Do you know your Redeemer? I know my Redeemer and I know that he lives and I know that he loves me and I know that he's watching over his word to perform it in my life. You want to hear E, or you want to go home? No. <laughs> on, for neck, for E, come back. No, not really. No, no. E establishes and encourages your heart. Yeah. I mean. You ever tempted to be discouraged? Read through the Psalms. A lot of these verses we read tonight were right out of Psalms. The Bible says that David, he knew how to encourage himself yeah. in. The Lord. How did he encourage himself in the Lord? He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He couldn't pray in tongues and that's good and we should do that. But the way that David encouraged himself in the Lord is by magnifying God, by worshiping God, by getting his mind off of the problem and start exalting the most high God. And then there's a passage in the New Testament, Colossians chapter two, verse seven in the amplified. This is what happens when you praise the Lord, you get established and you get encouraged. Having the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, Being continually built up in him. Listen to this. Becoming increasingly more confirmed. Established. We need to be established in what we know. Established in the faith. Just as you were taught. And abounding and overflowing in it with thanks giving. Hallelujah. When you are established in the faith, when you know that, you know what you believe and you are not being moved off of it, then you know what? You're going to start praising him. And as you praise him, you're going to get more established and you're going to get encouraged on the inside of you. I have a question for you tonight. Look at your neighbor. Is everybody in here breathing? Don't breathe on them in case you didn't brush your teeth, but just. Is everybody breathing? Well, then let me read you my last scripture. Psalms 150. If you're breathing, you have no excuse to not praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalms 150. Again, the heading of this in my Bible says, let all things praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with the loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath Praise the Lord. Then he reiterates it again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. You may be like me and you don't qualify on any of these others. You can't play the trumpet. You can't play the harp. You can't play the flute. You even don't even have any groove. I would fall into the category of white folks can't dance. But nonetheless, no rhythm, no groove, can't play anything. But guess what? I still need to praise him because I'm breathing. Woo!